Love black queens with introspective. See the world from a dope perspective. Type that's real heavy on the intellect. Always light on the disrespect. Conversation that keep you engaged. Free speech against the minds of a saving. They can't be the only ones. Now they can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. Miss Gale and be your lovely host. To hear the show that you ain't alone. Can't be the only ones. No, we can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. Welcome to our podcast. We can't be the only ones. I'm Gail. And I'm your magnanimous. <laughs> we will eventually run out of adjectives. We won't. We can live for that day. No, we won't. Mm. There's more where that thesaurus came from. <laughs> well, for those of you who want to stick it out, <laughs> thank you for joining us this evening of many things to happen and to do with the magnificent bee. Magnanimous. Oh, magnanimous? Yeah. Okay. All right. Y'all can look that up later. <laughs> as I will be doing as well. Very good. When I was little, uh, off topic, me and my brother are like a year and a month apart. So I would like, I think when I was younger, my Creole was much better than his for whatever reason. And so I would speak it and he'd be like, what'd she say? <laughs> so that's what it feels like now. Yeah. What'd um, she say? <laughs> okay. All right. Are you good? <laughs> I was just giving backstory. Look, okay. I was just divulging early on. Okay. Well, let's have our moment of gratitude. Who goes first? You do, because it's your topic. Oh. Well, I'm always having a moment of gratitude. It's about other people, other things. And if I were to be really honest about this moment in time of something that I'm absolutely grateful for, I am superbly grateful for, and that probably isn't used proper sentence structure, the fact that when you turn on the news, we absolutely hear news now. Oh, really? I wouldn't know. I really enjoy it. Because there's no I, Trump? Talk shows are actually talking about subjects. Oh. And it's not the soon-be ex-president. It is such... So refreshing. Well, that's good. So I am truly grateful to that. I mean, I've heard some really good programs this week that were not political at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, about various topics, the environment, you know, how it's changing the weather, you know, color, this color thing going on about different cultures. It's been very refreshing. Look at you. So I'm very grateful for that. To not to see the news take a turn away from constant orange man. Yeah, and commentaries that aren't speaking 
to his behavior, someone else's behavior, a lie, a truth, a truth, a lie. Oh, my Lord. You just, you know. So, yeah. Good. Very An untruth. Yes. <laughs> I am. Okay. So, you guys all know about my puzzle situation. Oh, yeah. I went on a tangent early on before we even did gratefulness um, a few weeks back about the puzzle. And I have a really good friend um, named Larry. We've been friends since 1999. So at this point, 22 years of friendship. Um, and, you know, we, we hang out every once in a while when we're in the same, whenever I'm in town in his area or he's down here. And, I mean, he just knows me. He knows me. And um, he texts me and he's like, check the door. And I'm like, I don't see nothing here. <laughs> he was like, oh my God, like I, I sent you something. And I was like, okay, maybe it's in the mailbox. So I got it out the mailbox and he sent me another thousand piece puzzle. <laughs> that was cute. With a note that said, this has to be a better one than the last one. Um, with his name on it. And I just thought how very sweet and thoughtful. I mean, he doesn't know how I do puzzles. He's like, I don't see how you do these word seeks. I don't see how you do like regular puzzles. He's like, it's just not something I would do. And he lets it know, like, I, I just don't know how you do these things. But I just thought it was so very thoughtful and so very sweet of him to send me something that he knows that I enjoy in lieu of that last puzzle fiasco that I had. Now, I am, me and puzzles have broken up for a bit, at least, <laughs> <laughs> at least when it comes to those thousand piece puzzles, I'll pick it up eventually. So I did sit it down somewhere, but I was just like, you know, I'm so grateful for the thoughtfulness that went into just that and knowing that that would cheer me up in that moment and I'm so thankful to have a friend that you know a male friend too to hear his perspective to you know for him to be such a good good person to me and I hope that I am that person to him as well like I love Larry if you're listening um, and I'm just so very grateful to have him in my life in the, in the capacity that I do. That is nice. Yeah, that was cute. It was. He got me in my feels. I almost cried a thug's tear. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> okay. We'll just roll right on past that one. <clears throat> Not today, devil. Not today. Yes, I didn't. I didn't even cry. I, but I wanted to. I wanted to cry a thug tear. It was just so sweet. I don't know what a thug tear is supposed to be. It's just to one tear. tear. Just oh, down. that's a thug tear. Exactly. He don't cry, cry. It's just one soul tear. Oh, okay. How do you manage just one tear? If you have to be a thug. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> that would explain everything. I guess I'm not a true thug. No. I can be okay with that. Okay. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. I'm good. All right. So we've done with the gratitude. Whose topic tonight? I know I'm kidding. It's me. I was going to say, because I have nothing for y'all today. <laughs> well, um, I have three possible topics that I plan to discuss. Are we taking a vote? No. 
Oh, you were going through all I'm three? I'm going to do all three. I was going to say, how are we voting for this? Is okay. Rice insane yeah. or something? No, I don't know. Rice is divorced Berlin. He's over here with me and not sitting next to her, which is so odd. He ate my bread. I ain't got nothing to say to him. He ate my and happy He time. apparently ain't got nothing to say to you either. Okay. So <laughs> y'all well, have broke up over bread. We ain't bread. got nothing to say to each other. <laughs> over bread. <laughs> okay. But anywho, <laughs> um, let's see. Which My three topics are violence, anger, Violence slash anger slash standing up slash defense to the usual suspects. Three, my week's obsession. Okay, where do you want to start? Let's I'm start gonna, in the middle. Uh, okay, the, uh, the usual suspects. All right, now you may not, I don't know if you experience this, Berlin, but I do. And because I, I guess I've grown up at a, in a different time where we watched what we said in public and maybe how we did things in public and always observed people. We were always told to, you know, kind of be quiet and watch. And this thing with the Capitol riot and the onslaught of various people that went from chief of police all the way down to the the oh, grandma. Oh yeah. You know, the little chubby, cuddly, can't wait to hug your little cheeks grandma. That's the whole range. Okay. So, so now and I know you think we're in Florida in Trumpville, so it may not be so crazy down here, but then if you're not a Trumpite, I think it is. So I'm like suspicious now. Oh, I think it's crazy, but I just don't, I can't let crazy. Oh, I'm sorry. I, you might as well answer it, Dale. <laughs> no, no. It's, <laughs> it's a thing that reminds me at eight o'clock is, is my creative time. Oh, I have a wind down time. Yeah, well, I have at, at certain times, certain oh, things to do at eight o'clock. And look at us being creative. So see. So there you go. On the money. Okay. Yes. We're going. <clears throat> so it's really kind of, and I had gotten a little slack with it and comfortable with it. You know, I, I was watching when you park in places, the panel trucks with no windows, don't park next to those. You know, those kind of things you do, mm -hmm. you know, just to be on point and always cautious. And now I'm standing in 7-Eleven and I'm looking around and just I'm pointing out people who could possibly have been at the Capitol, even wondering, did I see you? You look familiar, but I don't know you. So maybe that's where I saw you. Do well, I all towards white people? <laughs> yes. And I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm like, why don't I have the FBI number on my phone? Okay. So I can just speed dial, photo snap. Then I thought, no, you snap a picture and he is. I won't get out of here alive. Then there's a big, but I'm telling, I mean, just, just public. So now you're like. Walking through the parking lot at Publix, a guy got out a truck with gun rack in the window. And I'm thinking, I'm not going in this Publix. So I left the Publix and went to another one. So you are now every white person. Well, no, not everyone. You have to fit my profile in my head. What's the? <laughs> you are so funny. 
Yeah, I have like a profile now. But the profile goes little stingy looking beard, you know. But the the profile ranges from grandma. Yes, and little grandmas that that are snappy. Snappy grandmas. Mmm, you could be. Or you I, I was walking, taking the cart back, good citizen that I am, at the good publics I thought I was. I'm taking the cart back to the front because the that was closer to go to the front from where I was parking than to go to the cart holder. Okay. So I'm and this car just this guy sees me. And he just keeps coming in this big black four-wheel drive something. And I'm thinking, uh-huh. You probably were one. Uh-huh. And then there's a guy walking towards me. He goes, look at that. Wasn't that ignorant? Yes. Did you think he was one? No. Because he was, like, in defense of me. Okay. So he was good. Okay. I'm serious. It's kind of wacky doodle. A little. <laughs> a little. But, I mean, you but really. times. Right. You need is... to be on. You need to be ready. And I call it the usual suspects. Because back in the day when I grew up, these were the people that you kept your eye on. But I think a lot of the times now, these people, like I said, like last one, you know, you have, you know, the people who have infiltrated police. They've infiltrated marketing firms. They've infiltrated and they're called ghost skin, so that's a better, that's what they're called. Supermarkets. So they're they're everywhere, everywhere, to be honest. Um, so do you just not trust white people or is it like, you know, does white people, you kind of look at them from the corner of your eye, like you could be one of them? Well, now I look to see their behavior because I think at this point in time, let me give you an example. When I was growing up North, up North, People who were prejudiced, who didn't like blacks, were still polite to you. Mm-hmm. They were not rude. They just didn't get in your zone, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We all away. kept our spaces. And if you go a little further, like to Virginia, Georgia, little South, they were quick. They would call you a, the N word, like common conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, what's up, Miss Nigga? What? <laughs> so it's sort of like that now. I watch, if I see you, the, the white type person who's going to be polite, even, even though you may have some underlying issues with me, because I am, I'm okay with you. Go ahead. But it's the one who's not going to be polite, who's going to maybe ignore if I say excuse me, or if I'm trying to move and they won't move, like if I'm walking and they just refuse to move like I'm supposed to walk around them, mm, we got a problem. But those are the things I'm pointedly looking for because I think we're at a point in time where they're not going to hide it. They're gonna put it in your face. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm perplexing to still to some of them because I got that crazy looking Afro type hair, but then I got the light skin and the green eyes and that probably messes with many of them because mm-hmm. when I was back to my 7-Eleven story, crazy black guy came in, cut the line because there was a line all the way back to the store, and nobody really knows how long it is. Like eight people were in line. 
I was third from the front. There was this scraggly looking guy, you know, like could have been at the rally, looked like somebody I saw I'm there. I'm so mad that everybody could have been at the rally. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he looked like that sprigly beard kind of guy. Did you take a day off <laughs> last week? No, I did not. Not you. I'm That's the question you want to ask. Did you Were you in some, DC? No. Take some days off. Did you have an extended vacation? So the black guy comes in and cuts the line, goes up front to ask the guy to register a question. And this spriggly looking guy looks at, looks at him and looks right at me. And I'm thinking, whoa, why are you looking at me? I don't know. <laughs> well, he might be looking at you to just think, did you see what I just saw? Yeah, but I was it didn't seem like that. It was almost like, you with him? He with you? That's the kind of look I you felt. You are so <laughs> paranoid right now. Are you seeing, when do you have therapy again? Oh, Tuesday. Okay, y'all will be able to talk about that. <laughs> but it, it just was, it, it wasn't uncomfortable. It just put me on guard. Okay, so now I, I take it that you are suspicious of some whites or at least white people initially until they show you how they move well you know what my grandmother taught me something very young in life mm -hmm. she said you don't judge people but when they show you who they are believe them and she said prejudiced white people will show you who they are don't try to change them. Don't entertain them. No, that's that. When they show you they're white, they're really white. Mm -hmm. So I wait to see the tell. It's like a like it's like a poker game. They all have tells. You got to know the tell. I'm looking for the tell. Okay, but you're looking for it more often than not. Like well, yes, two weeks more, ago. Yeah. <clears throat> Two weeks ago, you weren't looking for tails as much as you are now. Right. I always look for them, but not as much. I always look for guns because we're in the South. I always yeah. watch people coming in to see if they're packing. Yeah. To see if they have a concealed weapon. Because if you know where to look, you can generally find it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 90 degrees outside. You're wearing a jacket. Okay. I don't need these chips. <laughs> Hitting the border. <laughs> Just in case, I, I don't want to be a percentage of died at a shootout at the gas station. No. Or if I see somebody walking in the grocery store without a mask on, I go in the other direction because I don't even want to see the confrontation. And that brings me to the violence, anger, stand, standing up and defense. Okay. As a child... I have to say, we were raised to be violent. But instead of calling it violence, they called it your defense, standing up for yourself. Okay. What you would now call, a, if a child did this, fighting after school, you were violent. You hit someone. Well, they hit me first, Well, you don't mean you don't hit them back. I grew up, yes, you do. They hit you, you knock them out. I think some people still raise their children that way. I mean, I tell Alina to do that. Well, but again, I mean, I, I don't, Alina's never been in a fist fight outside of her when she took Muay Thai, you know, and that's more of a controlled thing. But even then, they kind of tell you then, like, you know, that discipline is kind of like, you don't 
attack first. Right. Um, but at the same time, if someone does attack you, you don't sit up there and take it either. Right. So. <clears throat> and I, that's kind of like how, because I, initially I wouldn't. I got my ass beat almost every day in elementary school. Um, almost every day somebody picked on me, pulled my hair, little boy stuck my hair in the ink well because we used to have ink wells then and not fountain pens but you know ink you stick your pen in and write and he stuck my how colonial <laughs> yes there you go inner city school he, he put my 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 braid in there I, I mean this was kind of the and every day there was always something girls would pick on me or do something and finally my cousin was like either you fight back or i'm gonna whip your butt you got a choice and my cousin kathleen could kick my ass easy it wouldn't have been she wouldn't have broke a sweat she just knocked me out she was waiting yeah because she was like you need to defend yourself and stop so i picked a girl i knew i could beat out the crowd and I beat her down right in front of the school. You started it? Oh yeah, jumped right on her because I was. They were waiting for me. Oh, okay, okay. They waited for me after school. They oh, were me okay. all the way home. And so when I walked out to school that day, I decided I wasn't going to carry my books home. I left my book bag at school because today I was getting somebody. Okay. I mean, at play, I, I was afraid to go out at recess. They pushed me out because somebody was going to beat me up. And that's how my cousin found out I was getting beat up every day. She saw it and she came over and rescued me. And so I was like trying to hang out with her, but she's with the older girls. And she's like, no, you got to learn to fight. And my cousin tried to teach me. It was just, ugh. The only way I just grabbed this girl and I felt so bad, I became her friend afterwards. I beat the snot out of her and I was like, who's next? And they were like, she crazy. Okay, we're done. <laughs> but then I had to do it again at junior high, new set of people. Same thing. I could never, I mean, I knew why. I was taller than most of the girls. I had green eyes and, but a lot of people were light skinned. So I just thought it was the fact that I had green eyes. I didn't know really why I got picked on. Oh, now he's back to be okay. Traitor. Mm -hmm. So it was just, and even my grandmother, she pulled me aside one day. She heard about junior high, getting my butt beat at Pine Point. And she said, Gail, you got to defend yourself. But now here's the thing. You need to look around you and see what, if you know this girl can beat you, Look around and see if you can see something that will be a leveler. We can hear you, bro. I mean, Rice. You know, let's give him a moment. He's coughing up the bread he ate. By me. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's your bread, so I guess he's trying to give it back. <laughs> no, by me, of all people. Anywho. Well, she told me, like, find a leveler, like a stick or a rock or something to, to beat the person up. So, I mean, I kind of grew up with that. I mean, all the way high school, same thing all over again. I mean, when was the last time I've been in a fight? I think the last time I was in a fight, um, 
I was probably like 15 or 16 and somebody had set the fight up but I beat the girl up so it didn't really matter to me because the thing is I have siblings so <laughs> I have siblings and I have two older ones the younger ones doesn't necessarily matter but I have older siblings so I think when you're in that area you kind of just bob and weave and you do what you need to do and I used to have an ex that I used to play fight with nothing like serious but just like play fight with and he'd be like oh my god like you have such fast reflexes I'm like yes because I have older siblings like oh you had to duck and dodge from them duck dive <laughs> oh. do what you need to do like it sticks with you but again, it's one of those things that, you know, I don't believe in fighting people just to fight people. Like, I don't. But I do believe in, like, look, if someone does approach you and they act a fool, you have every right to do whatever's in your capacity to protect yourself because that's all you're doing your survival instinct needs to kick Absolutely. in and you might not win the fight but try to do whatever you can to beat a bitch ass and that's it like there's nothing else and you know even with Alina like I've told her before like I don't want you starting a fight I never want I don't want to raise a bully that's far from what it is. And part of the, I mean, I'm glad she did Muay Thai as well. Because again, it's martial arts. And one of the things that they do teach you is discipline first. You know, right. like you don't just hit people <laughs> to hit people. But then there are a certain set of kids that are just a-holes. And they're, they're bullies. They're bullies and they're mean. And it's just like, what do you do with that? And sometimes the violence isn't even physical sometimes it's just what you say and I think that's another type of violence too like you know for those who have kids those who are raising kids those who are in relationships like that's something to consider as well like is this person being violent in the way that they speak to you because a lot of people don't recognize it as such but words hurt and they sting probably much those bruises of what people say to you probably last, last a whole longer. yeah they last <laughs> much longer than the bruise of someone punching in your eye like the black eye will go away um but the sting of someone saying something malicious to you or very hurtful or below the belt um that's a type of violence that i think you know, maybe we do speak about now, but at the same time, it probably needs to be done a whole lot earlier. And if you can catch the bully, most bullies, they probably feel powerless in other situations. So what can you do to aid that child that's troubled that or person that's well no i don't believe in saving adults I, I just feel like you have you have resources but at least with children you know what can you do so that you can give this child the necessary tools that they need because i think sometimes you're like oh a bully is a bully and da, da 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 but at the same time that child probably 
is being emulating it may they may be emulating something or they're hurt because hurt people hurt other people and but that's that's very true and I think and I bring this up only because I don't know I think it manifests itself as you get older and I think with me it manifests my myself to where for back in the 80s and 90s as a manager in stores or wherever I was a manager being the tough manager you know was appropriate maybe appropriate is the wrong word it was acceptable okay you know these are the rules you don't break the rules you can't be a softy you'll and it, it kind of just made me it made me tougher but I don't know that I knew when what was appropriate time to be tough I was just tough if I felt like you were coming at me I'm coming at you mm -hmm. and and I think that's because as a child, that was my only defense. I wasn't, if you came to me before, if you came to me too fast, I would fold like a house of cards. You could beat me down. Cause I, 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 I didn't, I don't know whether it's I didn't have confidence or I saw myself getting beat. So it manifested itself. <laughs> I don't know. But at some point I, I would level off to like, okay, I'm done with you beating my ass every day. And I guess, cause I still would hear my cousin Kathleen's voice about, I will kick your ass when you get home. <laughs> and I knew my grandma was not going to stop her. <laughs> So I, I I would be like, okay, this is I, this is a do thing, you must do. And then it manifests itself in other ways. And I guess I think about kids now. Do we do that to children? Not so much the violent thing, but push them in one direction to do something or behave in such a manner, and then they don't know how to regulate it. And maybe that's even why when I was watching, you know, some of the violence and in, in the behavior of the people during the Capitol riot, when you're in that kind of situation, you're going with the crowd. Yeah. So, I mean, but it's now not everybody that was there did it. Some people stood back. So is that that? their family or how they were raised or their fear of the law or something made them step back and say, okay, this is not where I want to go. This isn't going to go well. I think that's discernment. But again, there is groupthink too, where if a lot of people go a certain way, come on, come on, racing, go, go, you huffing and puffing. You do. See. Come on. Then he'll walk over. Yes. So I think a lot of it has to do with groupthink too. That, you know, a lot of people when you're in a mob of people, you're, 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 it's almost like there's one brain. And that one brain leads you. It's making a decision for the rest of the body. And you just keep going. As a, as a, like a, like a group of ants or whatever, and it just continues and it goes. But then there are some people who have a certain sense of, sense of discernment to kind of be like, that ain't it. 
that's not the way I want to go. Yeah. And that's I not think, the hill I'm going to die on today. Exactly. <laughs> so again, like even when it comes to, I think, adolescence too, you know, if you think back to being young in your teenage years and, you know, as a kid, a lot of that is group think too. Like you don't know why you're being mean to that kid. You just know that everybody else is being mean to that kid. So in order for you to fit in, you're going to go ahead and go along with the group. But it takes a lot and it's, it's even more noble for someone to say, oh, you know what? This isn't right. We don't get to treat this person like this. And I think, and those are the unicorns in the situation, the people who are kind of like, okay, yeah, Donald, whatever his name is, said he was going to meet us here. And that's what I thought. He's not here. This is going a little bit too crazy. I'm not going to storm the Capitol because I'm sure there were some people who said, you know what? I'm not going to go win there. I'm not going to stop them, but I I ain't going either. Yes. Well, you can't stop them. Yeah. You can't stop that group, but when it comes, you know what I mean? But it's like, you know what? This is too far. I'm going to stop. And I think, you know, even with children and even as adults, like when is enough enough for you to step in and say, hey, this isn't cool. This isn't right. Yeah, let me climb back out this window and go on down the road. Ridiculous. <laughs> No, I mean, if you got in the window, you're too far gone. Like, if you were one of those people, you're already too far gone. But I'm pretty sure there were some people who were like, no, I'm not going to storm the Capitol. I'm going to go just go back to Olive Garden and go have my endless breadsticks. I was, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And be like, were you there? No. Yeah, I was there, but I wasn't there. You know what I mean? I was there for the, I was there, but I wasn't there. And I think those are the, you know, fine. Yes, you might be one of his followers. Not everybody's able. Um, But at the same time, I think there takes, it does take a certain kind of pause. And I think it also takes a certain type of like being in the moment. Like to, to kind of recognize that this ain't it. Well, you know what it made me think? There were so many people who were in my age group. And it made me think back to where when we grew up, if you weren't in the South and you were in the North, people had to hold in as much of their prejudice as possible. Black, white, everybody. You kind of reined it in and you discussed it at the kitchen table over dinner or whatever, but you tried not to show it out in public for whatever it was like an unspoken it was thing like a polite it was the the culture but now in the south it, there was no raining it in you just i mean when i went down to to mississippi to work with the group i mean i never heard the, the n-word so much as a course of conversation it was just conversation by white people yes mm-hmm. just simple and the northern children wanted to say or like oh you can't call me that and the the blacks there were like uh-uh 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 that's not a battle you want and because we really couldn't handle the fact of so much prejudice because we weren't used to it we had to leave we couldn't stay 
and we had to leave because we just, we were going to get in trouble and somebody was going to die. Yeah, that's, yeah. And, and then I, the thing that I saw at the Capitol, I saw that emerge that, that, that group dynamics of the older people who were free to say and do. And then you did see some people, although they were inside the Capitol, you didn't see, hear them say too, too much of what the older people might be or more Southern style of, yeah, we can say this, what they going to do. I think it was like almost to a, I, again, I've never been white and can't speak to being white and that hateful. Um, because I know a lot of the Capitol Police who were black were like, people were talking to them crazy. It's like they've been holding it and it just spewed, like the faucet got turned on and it broke. But that's, again, I think part of it was the emboldenedness that, you know, be there and stay wild and be wild. And he gave them a pass to be their most ignorant self. And again, it, it boggles me in that, like when you enact on purpose, violence to another person, you do the same to you, yourself. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just kind of like, I'm rubber gear glue, whatever you do, bounces off of me and sticks back on you. Like when you are, you walk into the world being mean and nasty and hateful and that that's basically you all we are are mirrors to one another so it's not even like they're good people they're not they're not they're not good people they're not kind people they're not sweet people i don't care if you make a pie for your children every day with punch. I don't care. Like you're just not a good person for you to sit up there and just be nasty to another individual just cause you can, you know? So I think the violence that you perpetuate to others is the same lashing that you give to yourself. So if you think about it as a whip, Think about it as it going forward, but then when you go back, you beat yourself as well with it. You know? And and I get that. <coughs> but I do believe, I don't know, I just think it, it's also generational some, how we were raised. And, um, and I was always surprised by Southerners who were supposed to be so polite and so gracious who were not. But again, I think a lot of that has to do with them not liking themselves. Like, I don't care if your mama taught you that black people were X, Y, and Z or whatever the case may be. At some point in time, you kind of have to pause and think to yourself. I think, was it Toni Morrison? She was talking and I'm going to paraphrase it. And she goes, you know, you if you're only tall because you're standing on someone else's back or there, you know, if you're standing on someone else, are you really tall? And what does that say about you? You know, and I, I got the quote wrong. I'm pretty but sure. I, I know what you mean. But basically <laughs> it's kind of like, if you have to be this hateful and you feel good 
by tearing other people down and you feel good by being mean to someone you don't know. It says more about you as an individual than it ever says about that person. And that is true. But back to my 7-Eleven story. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, all with him. But if you're in the 7-Eleven and something like this happens, there was like this moment where I flipped back to childhood and looked around to see anything that could be used as a weapon in case I needed one. That's survival instinct, though. And then there, there, there was some things. I won't mention them. But I saw some things possibly of a weapon. Also, a plan of escape. And then the other thing that flashed quickly to the front of my brain, am I going to have to help this brother man out? Huh. <sighs> Even if he was wrong. Even if he's wrong. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just not going to let. And, and then again, but then I thought, well, I'm going to have to. And I got the element of a surprise. Because the old white guy didn't look at me like he thought I was black. Mm. He looked at me. Because the second time he looked at me, it registered differently. And I thought, okay. That would put me at an advantage. So if this all goes left. I got one shot and one shot only. I will warn brother man and hit the dirt. That's so funny. <laughs> but I, I don't know if other, I can't, I, I can't be the only one that this happens to in stores where you think this. Or when you pull up someplace and you see a carload of people being loud and crazy, do you think, oh man, I think I, I hope I can make it to the next station or maybe I don't need to shop today. Is this, and not that, does it rule your life? I, I don't know. I, I just know that I do have an instinct of survival and I just need to always be in check because I think that with there's going to come a point when somebody's going to say something and sister girl going to go after them. 69 years old, I'm going to pick up something and cold cop them. Okay. And well, I, I, I don't... hope you remember my number. <laughs> Y'all, you have one number that you know no, by heart. Because they're going to take your cell phone. That you're going to have to call so that you can get some bail. Because there's a piece of me that flips back to that childhood where defend yourself at all costs. Mm -hmm. or, and, and then defend others at all costs. And I guess that's why when they had, if there had not been COVID, I still would not have gone to the protest marches in the summer as much as I would have want to, because I know me at this point, I, I'm at the end, I'm closer to the end than I am the beginning. So you're like, what do I got to lose? Amen, sister. I'll be like, okay, it's on, come on. So <laughs> and that is so crazy. But then I remember my grand. I told you this story, and I think I told it. We told it. I told it on the podcast of my my mother and my aunt who were getting robbed when they left Bingo, and they beat the shit out that man. Oh no, no, you didn't tell. I don't think you said that on the podcast. We were talking about it somewhere. And but my aunt and my aunt, my mom beat this guy who tried to rob them, and they were well into their late sixties, early seventies. <laughs> And instead of getting in the car, locking the door, they got out the car. My aunt beating him with his pocketbook and my mother gets a billy club and is beating him up to where he's asking for help. And there's something inside me 
that that will do that. I, I'm just I'm not going to go down without a fight. It just well, I think happen. that's again back to you saying you know just regarding the the COVID, not the COVID, the BML, you know, and knowing again that's a certain set of just discernment. That's like okay in this situation, I'm gonna act a fool. So because of this situation and me knowing that I'm going to act a fool, I'm not going to put myself in a position to act a fool. You know what I mean? I think, again, that's just still a certain level of discernment that you have to say, okay, this might be a bit much no matter how much I want to do that. And back to whoever those individuals were who probably walked to the Capitol and was like, I ain't storming this Capitol. Y'all can have that. They're like, whatever the reason is, they were just like, you know what? It ain't me, dog. It's not for me. Yeah. You know, and I think part of that is that we kind of have to pause as individuals, you know, back to like the violence and the bullying and everything, you know, kind of say, okay, does this represent who I truly am? Is being mean and nasty and violent in whichever way? that it is, does this really represent who I am and who I want to be? And if it is, and I don't know what else to tell you, but I guess whatever, if that makes you happy. But at the same time, if it doesn't, then, you know, kind of pause and have that moment of discernment where it's like, okay, this ain't for me. Like if that thing with the lady in the Walmart the one Walmart I went into and she started calling me, you know, the N-word. I, I told you that. What happened? Um, the Walmart near the job. I went in to pick oh, up Oh, yeah, 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 she, yeah, yeah. And I ended up paying for her stuff. Had this happened this week, I don't think it would have gone down like that. <laughs> because I think everyone who's over a certain age and you're black. Mm-hmm. Your crawl is full. And at some point, somebody getting it. So right now you're at a boiling point. I, I'm My crawl is full. I'm just, I mean, we didn't even storm the building and yet you want to blame us. What? Did you not see no black faces? What? <laughs> what? I mean, it's just. And Who's blaming us? Oh, they're saying it was Ed, the Black Lives Matter. I mean, straight out Black Lives Matter. Doing what? Black that, li that stormed the Capitol. See, but that's just ignorant people well, no, who it like is. to shift the blame. That, those but are people just, who are looking for, what are they called? Scapegoats. And it's just to the point where this is enough is enough. We're tired. We're taking down the con Confederate flags. We're taking down the Confederate little uh, names of all the army bases and we're done. We're done. We're finished. Find something else to do with your life. You will not be stepping on us. We're done. And I, I have some very good friends that are multicolor, many races, and I love them dearly because I know their heart. Mm -hmm. They've ne I've never seen them white. And they're white people, but I've never seen them white. Yeah, I mean, I again, I have that as well. Like, I don't like to blanket white people as P 
people of a paler hue. As and again, that's why I say whiteness is what it is. It's the whiteness that's the issue. Just like you know, I don't. The term blackness came first before whiteness historically. They had to tame, you know, when they created the word black for black people. And then that then made whiteness by default a thing. And the thing is, is that like, I think because we didn't create blackness, we get to make it what it is. Okay. Does that make sense? So someone else said, this is blackness because we're trying to enslave you. So you are black now, but I think on the opposite end, whiteness can truly be defined because it just, the origin of it comes from it being something that is different than blackness, but also as a means to saying that I'm better than you. So we'll put you there. But I think blackness still kind of has that metamorphosis thing where it's like, you know, you can't necessarily define blackness no matter how you want to. But whiteness really has the negative connotation. Like if there was a true nigga, it would be in whiteness. Yeah. And that's why I too, like, I, it's, I don't want to sound like, you know, when you say, well, I have white friends too. I don't want it to sound like when white people say, oh, I have black friends. No. I, I, I have friends. Yeah. Of all races and nationalities. And those people that I call my friends, as my grandmother said, they didn't show me whiteness. They showed me humanity. They showed me love. They just showed me who, that they're just kind, caring people. And it wasn't about a color. It wasn't about a race. Yeah. You know, we just love on one another. We're just great friends with one another. And I've never seen whiteness on them. Yeah. You've never seen ignorance. Right. You know what I mean? And I think, and we disagree on many topics and issues. We can disagree, we can discuss it, or we can agree not to discuss it, but still care about one another, not debase either one. Yeah. And again, that's, and that's what I mean regarding like whiteness and black blackness. You know what I mean? It's just that whiteness is just full of ignorance because that's the only thing you hang your hat on is being whatever color you are and I have friends of a multitude of like quote-unquote races and again I don't necessarily subscribe to race I, I think we are a human race right um, Alina is multi-ethnic, so obviously, and I view her as a whole human being, you know, so, and I have friends who have multi-ethnic kids and they view them as whole human beings. And when I, like today I went to yoga and I met with Liz and I met with Genevieve, I don't think about their skin complexion when I'm talking to them. We're just having a good time. We're discussing things. We're discussing life. And again, that's what it is about, like really who that person is. But if you can't see past my color, then I need you to get out of my face regardless because there's, I don't have anything for you of value and you certainly don't have anything for me of value. 
And if you can, and even when it comes to sex, you know what I mean? If you can't see me as a person because I'm a woman. Right. Right. Oh, yes. That's all you see. If all you see is that I'm a woman and as a woman that I should be this and I should be that, then you need to get away from me. You know what I mean? Because again, those aren't where I rest my laurels on. I don't control who and how I was born in the same breath that you don't control who and how you were born. So I don't have, I'm working on it. I really don't like men. That's one of my things that I'm working on. I like them. I like, mm. okay, let's, let's put it like this. It's kind of like whiteness when it comes to maleness. Like I don't like the culture of men. Okay. Because it's, because it's, um, it's stifling for them. And because it's stifling for them, they stifle you. Because they pigeonhole themselves into this is what a man is. A man is masculine. A man is this. A man okay. is that. And then they start to label you when they get done with And labeling. the same thing yeah. with whiteness. You know, whiteness is this. Whiteness is that. Whiteness is this. So therefore, you are this. And again, so I don't like the culture of the patriarchy because the same way whiteness stifles white people, patriarchy stifles men as well. So if you subscribe to the patriarchy that this is what women are and this is what they can be, I'm going to tell you right now, there are a lot of things that I don't fit into the box of when it comes to blackness. When it comes to womanness, when it comes to motherhood, you got to kind of accept people for who they are instead of trying to force these labels on them so that your universe is okay in your head. You are so fortunate of when you were raised, that the era you came along, then if you came along, if I, when I was your age, I was working at a uh, trauma center in Camden. Mm -hmm. It would be hard to figure out which one it is. And you get labeled a lot because that's what people did then. That's how they associated things. Like there were a certain race that did housekeeping, a certain race who, who, who did this or a certain race who did that. And so then when you see somebody who, you know, or like gender, yeah, nurses were always women. If you mm -hmm. see a male nurse, something's wrong with you, boo. Yeah, you couldn't get through medical school, huh? Maybe that's what you. I mean, those are the things that that I kind of grew up with. That you have to. It's sort of like you have to peek your head up above it and then push up to get out from under it. And that is violence too. Yes, that is violence, in my opinion. Some people may disagree. But that is violence to tell somebody who, how, what they can be and not even give them a valid why outside of because I said color so. Or your gender. I'll never forget sitting in a board meeting and we were discussing um, the upper echelon board was going to have an event mm -hmm. and they all wanted to go to the Pocono area for skiing. And, and, and people were looking around the room because we, we, this was one of their first years that they had other than all, you know, whiteness going. Okay. There were other races and nationalities going down. And, and I guess I missed it 
because they were like, well, everybody in this room skis, don't they? And then everybody kind of turned and looked at me, and I'll never forget this, this young lady that I thought she was like my bestie friend. She says, oh, Gail, she's not like really a black person. She skis. I thought, oh, wow. And the whole room was like, she just said, because this is up north. You don't say racist things in your out loud voice. Mm -hmm. And in a room full of people, she's like, that, that, that's, and the, the VP at the time, he said, that's sort of racist. You can't actually say that. Well, she does. Don't you ski? I never said a word. I would not part my lips because, yes, I did. But that, that made me less black and more white because I skied. You're <laughs> there were many you. black people. I mean, but then I started to notice there were groups that were labeled black skiers or groups of black people that did things because they weren't as accepted. And I never even thought about who skied and who didn't ski because when you go to the Poconos, it wasn't just skiing. Yeah. You didn't even have to leave the lodge. If you, and for me, that was like the, the epitome. Let's just stay and drink. But, of course. And then at that point, when we went, I was like, should I ski or should I not? So I skied because I could ski. And she couldn't ski, which was really the funniest point. But that, I grew well, I up with that. Her, it was assumed. Yes. And that's where it is. Again, I think that's part of where let's use the word violence comes in it's like oh you're supposed to do this and you're not right you know what i mean so what do you and they're all and they can be and the violence comes in because there's like an anger if you do it yeah then you're not really part of that group if you can do that and to be honest sometimes you do get that from your own yes in group as well where it's like, oh, you do this, so, you know, I, I, for Alina, and I hope, you know, I'm not just putting too much out there for her, um, that's one of the issues with raising a multicultural child or a multi-ethnic child is because they don't fit anywhere. Yes, welcome to my world. Yes. So I, I, I know now, you know, for me, I, I, I can just say I'm a Haitian woman. Both my parents are Haitian, grew up Haitian, you know, yes, they're Haitian American. You know, this is who I am, but I don't necessarily, and I, I there's a- You don't fit in another box. Yeah, there's a certain- Other than maybe a black American. Yeah, and there is a certain percentage of me that's white, but it's so- it's not readily available. To yeah, be, to like be you're not going to be like, oh my gosh, she's white. You know what I mean? But it's Like I there. get that. If, if I don't get that once a week, yeah, the earth is not spinning on its axis. So again, I, 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 that's not a, a, a place in my head that I think of, but that is going to be a place in her head that she's going to have to somehow reconcile with and deal with. Because again, when you look at her, you're going to say, what are you? You know? Back to my 7-Eleven moment where I had to. <laughs> so funny with 7-Eleven. <laughs> there was a moment. I hope you got brother... a Slurpee. <laughs> no. There's Brother Man and there's me and there's the white guy. 
who am I if there is an altercation where am I going those are the kind of decisions she's going to be making all her life well you already know where you're going well yes I do but they <laughs> don't but then you do still have to make that decision yeah. at some point I mean I was teaching but I think even as a black person too like if that was me I'd be like okay br- like come on man you know what I mean? So again, it, it doesn't. Well, and then yes, you can say that to him. I'm not sure. I'm hoping he sees I'm a sister, but he might be like, "That's his wife." Karen is trying to tell me I can't ask a question. Seventy loving Karen. Slurpy, you be Slurpy Karen. There I am on YouTube, and people who know me are like. She's not a Karen. That's Gail. She's black. You're slurpy Karen. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. So we're gonna the, name the episode <laughs> Slurpy Karen. So there, there you go. There's a decision she will always have to make or be put in a position to even explain to someone. When yeah. I taught school, I had a young lady say to me, "Why would you tell anybody you're black?" Just go for white or Native American, something that people like. This was a kid. Thinking back now, her parents must have been doozies. Because she got that from home. Oh, you're young. Yeah, you get stuff like that. So, I mean, that that is going to be her, her struggle. Yeah. I mean... There's therapy and there's... And and there's worse things to struggle with. It will... It helps you formulate your identity you're going to have to pick a side yeah or pick none no know that you're human you pick a side that's a side yeah well you still won't pick one so what was your last topic and that all of this gets me to the obsession this week's obsession actually it's not so much this week's realizing back to the gratitude moment where I said radio has normal stuff on now. Oh yeah. That's when I realized how obsessed I had become to hearing things about the 45th president. Really? What was he doing? Yes. I mean, it was like, and when I had, I never mentioned that to you. <laughs> okay. I even talked about it with my therapist. The okay. thing is that was so funny. It's like when they took him off Twitter, I was like, what? And so I would look. Well, I even thought about that other website. <laughs> Joining. Oh <laughs> Just to goodness. find out what's he doing. What's, what's up? We need to know what he's doing. Sam, <laughs> I told you. know, there, there's a certain someone on the microphone now <laughs> who's speaking, not laughing. The person that's speaking in English and not laughing. That was like, Gail. You're watching a little bit too much of the news. <laughs> I'm telling you, I did not realize until this week when there was nothing. I'm like, what's he doing? Shouldn't we know what he's doing? I mean, at least when he's tweeting, we know what's going on in his little head. I don't think we need to know. Well, no, I, I have come through the tunnel. Okay. The, I'm in the light. <laughs> okay, good. It but I did not years. realize that was my obsession. Okay, so what are you going to... Because you know most people replace one thing with another. 
Well, I guess a little bit of my obsession now is the inauguration to see if that goes well. And I do have another obsession, but I cannot speak it on the radio because I don't want the FBI to track me down. But I, do have I thought it was going to be something sexual. <laughs> Sorry. Mm, no. Sorry. I don't necessarily call those obsessions. Those are necessities. Oh, no. Oh, no. No. But it, no. But I'm going to write down with this other thing that's in my little head. I'm going to write it down and put it in an envelope. And if it happens, I'll let you read it. On air? I believe, no. Oh. Still don't want the FBI to come and get me. Okay. But yes. So no, it, that's, I'm just kind of, I just want everything to go well for everybody with the inauguration. I just wanted to go well and move into the next era of our tumultuous American history. Yeah, because we got some work to do. There's a we lot do. of work that we need to do on many ends to get America righted um, with whatever undoings this this madman um, did to this country. So there I think is. we're going to find out that it was probably a whole lot worse and he was doing a bunch of red herrings. Like, oh, yeah. like, look at me do this over here while this is going on. Oh, I say that all the time. Um, so it's I like think... the 14th person has been executed. Oh, yeah. The 14th. Yeah. And they're mostly black men and white women. Yeah, there was a woman. Yeah. So the 14th and there's still more to go before he's out of office. Yeah. So, I mean, luckily they didn't do that firing squad that they were hoping to do because that well, we was don't something... know that they haven't. Oh, hopefully they didn't do they that. They wouldn't have done it where anybody would have seen it or heard it. They would have just done it. Hopefully that's Mississippi not the case. is a sneaky little state. Mm. And nobody's going to tell. Love you, Mississippians. Okay. <laughs> just not driving through. <laughs> do you have anything else or are we at the moment of gratitude? Well, no. Yeah, that, that, that was my obsession. I, I'm just trying not to. I'm going to go back to listening to books in the car. And my new obsession, I'm going to try to replace it with learning to speak fluent Spanish. There you go. Because that's what you do. You replace one thing yeah, with I another to, thing. I want that to be my obsession. There you go. Habla español. Habla español, señorita. Look at you. Why well, the basic? I know I can greet people and I can say, no habla español, inglesa. And my son said, you don't say inglesa, it's English. <laughs> Too funny. All right. So with my self-care tip. Which oh, I, wait. Self-care. This is mine. I know. But I was supposed to deliver the buck, the um, foot thing uh -huh. to my neighbor's. She's not here, and he's gone as well. Not gone forever. I don't the know nutty where he one? is. Huh? The nutty neighbor? Yeah, I don't know where he is. Bye. But because I went down there to, um, well, I, I didn't see her, so I asked the lady next door, had he, had she seen Cynthia? And she said, oh, Cynthia's away. I said, she's not in the hospital or anything. She said, oh, no, no, no. She went to visit some family, another elderly f uh, family member mm -hmm. that's been quarantined as well. So she said, but she'll be back. And then I asked her the guy's name across the street. And she said, who? And I pointed to his house. She said, oh, <laughs> uh, no, he's not there. That's why all them people are there. 
She said, I don't know where he is. I don't ask. She said, why, do you need something? I said, no, no, nothing. Okay, well, that was nice of you. So, yeah. So, and you're... That's Ryston, in case you hear him snoring. That's I Ryston. know, like an old man. <laughs> he is. Jeez He's 70 Louise. years old. <laughs> um, Your self-care tip. I know. I lost it. I'm sorry. <laughs> My self-care tip. I guess it would be to stretch. I did yoga today. And it was very nice. I felt so good and tingly afterwards. It was yoga at a park. Um, and it was spread out. I had my mask on. Some people didn't. But again, this is outside. And it was just so nice. And I normally do stretch when I wake up in the morning. I'm a morning person. So I kind of like pop up like a daisy. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> it's the morning. And I get my day started like... Um, but you know, remember to stretch in the morning and, you know, get up in the, you know, a lot of us are at our computers, um, on zooms, um, get up and make sure you stretch your body because a lot of the times you're just so focused that I don't think we are feeling our bodies the way that we should. So, you know, stretch to the heavens if you can, bend down if you can. You know, do stretches that are comfortable and within the range that you can do, but really kind of, you know, fill your body and where it is in that moment, in that space and time. Either, you know, if you can do all three in the morning when you wake up, you know, give your body a nice stretch to get the day going, you know, maybe midday if you're, you notice that you've just been sitting down in front of a computer or a desk for a while, you know, get up and stretch your bodies, you know, you know, wiggle your fingers, your toes, get those things moving. And before you go to bed, you know, try to do some stretches so that you're limber in your dreams. So that would be my self-care tip. And that's really good for people my age to do and also do tippy toes. Oh, yeah. Because a, a lot of arthritis will hit your feet before it travels to the rest of your body. Mm. Your feet and your hands. Yeah. So do tippy toes to keep your feet stretched out and not allow arthritis to settle in. Yeah. So that's a great one. Yeah. So that would be my, my, my tip is, you know, maybe yoga isn't quite where you want to go yet. But again... There is nothing like stretching your body and, you know, filling the muscles in your body kind of elongate and get to where they need to be. So that's good. If you can I, I stretch three that. times a day, if you can stretch a little bit more in between those, but, you know, you know, fill your body. That's what my four o'clock alarm is for. In the afternoon? Yeah, I get a four o'clock alarm to do some type of exercise or stretch or something. Or if I'm at work and I've been sitting at the desk for a couple hours, get up and take a walk. You know, move. Mm, good. So, yeah, I kind of planned out my day to, to have little things like that. But I, I try to do that. But I have to try to do it more in the morning. I'll do better. Okay, good, good, good. Let me it. know how it goes. I will. Let me know how it You're goes. You're going to be falling down the steps. <laughs> I know, right? 
Girl, you're supposed to be stationary, not moving. Yeah. No, I, I do. Because I, I, I pop up like a daisy in the morning. Like, I am like, funny. So I have, you know, I got the body pillow that I sleep with. So I have the body pillow. And then I end up building like a little cocoon of pillows around me. And you just sit right up in the middle of the cocoon? Yes, while I'm sleeping. <laughs> <That's> so weird. <laughs> Rice and took over my body pillow. So I'm like there, and I'm just sleeping so comfortably. And I, I, have, I have to wake up in the middle of the night to use the restroom. I'm at that age once a night. So when I do, I'm like... I wake up and I'm like, this is the position and I want to get back into. So then <laughs> you are too funny. Make sure I dive back in the bed in the same position. But because that happens, I sleep so well that when I get up in the morning, I literally am like, oh, ready to go. And I have to remind myself to stretch because I'm just so refreshed and ready to go. But I'm like, no, you have to still like, Stretch your body before you start your day. That's pretty cool. But no, I have a pillow too, but Ryston took it. Oh. He sleeps with it now. Oh, it must be nice. Mm. A dog's <laughs> life. So I hope you all enjoyed our, um, what are we calling this? 7-Eleven Karen <laughs> episode. No, yep. I am not 7-Eleven Karen. I'm naming it. <laughs> 7-Eleven Karen. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Suspect Karen. <laughs> yes. So we're going to do our 7-Eleven Karen episode. Thank you all for listening. Shameful. I'll put Karen in air quotes. Okay. Like, okay, fine. Because <laughs> you're not a Karen. No, not at all. But he didn't know that. Yes. So, as always, thank you guys so much for tuning into this conversation. Um, remember to stretch. Remember to watch what you're obsessing over. Yes. Remember to, you know, figure out, you know, hey, are you being violent towards another person? Or are you watching violence happening? Um, like, subscribe, share all of the good stuff and thank you thank you thank you so much for listening we hope you guys have a wonderful week so as always be safe be well be easy my easy and be blessed bye boy we put rice in a sleep <laughs>